Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, that's right. We're back. It's the Causeway Kings right here on the Abington Cam Network. Thank you for joining us. Your friend, Ben Rabinovitz, alongside Coach Adam Clancy. And we got Gordo back on this one, boys. It's a pleasure to have you back here. And Gordo, looking great. Look at this jersey right here. This is something on you, huh? Look good, feel good, right? That's all you can do. The guy. That's the way. The guy hooked us up. Really did. Guys, I take care of my boys. He's taking care of the boys. That's what he's done here. This is very true. Abington Cam TV crew here, man. They're all decked out in the Causeway Kings. Swagged out. Looking, looking good, good. You know, looking they good. They hockey players, but they still got their jerseys. Looking very black and gold in this room, and I absolutely love it. Boys, we have a lot to catch up on. First and foremost, it's been about a month since we've released an episode in any form or facet, so this is a great way to get back into it. Happy 2023. I hope everybody had the merriest of Christmases, the happiest of Hanukkahs, and anything else. The Festivuses for the rest of us is, I hope your Festivus poll is still in workable shape. What? Huh? <laughs> huh? No, you're right. He's, miss, he's it, missing the reference, everybody. Uh, That's okay. It, it's been a, it's been at least a month since we've we've been here as a group. Uh, obviously, we're missing Merrill tonight. He's home with the baby, so we wish them well. We do miss him, but uh, yeah, I mean, we got a lot to talk about. 2022 is behind us. Bees are still on fire. You know, ready to kick it off with 2023, and uh, yeah, you know. Let's have a hell of a year. Let's do it. I'm Let's ready. do it. Gordo, welcome back. It's been a hot minute for you, buddy. Yeah. It's, bring us uh, up to speed in the uh, world there. Merry of. Christmas. Happy New Year. feel like I haven't Woo. seen you guys in a minute. Um, happy to announce I am uh, walking the plank again, and I got uh, two little buggers coming hey. in, uh, I think it looks like about May. So awesome. Two boys. <sighs> Double spin twin it, play. It's eh? gonna be it's gonna be an interesting year. Um, I don't know if I'm too old to do this again, but no, we're <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, we're we're super pumped. My wife and I are like ecstatic, and um, you know <clears throat> we got a lot going on. I gotta imagine well, your, your boys now must be pumped. It's it's uh, they were my youngest was I think most excited because he's not gonna be the little brother anymore. Key. So he's very excited, but they're both like very happy and they're excited to be big brothers. So it's going to be awesome. And we added a couple of uh, D men to the lineup now. Like so that. we're yeah. we're about one away from a full line. And uh, listen, no. you link them up with the Clancy boys. We've got to have a squad. I know together. that's uh, it's it's weird, you know, getting now that I, for all the years that I've been coaching now, and then you know just seeing everybody's got kids going now, and everyone's playing and going through with my kids and it's just you know now i gotta now i gotta do the whole process all over again mm -hmm. <laughs> One so more time. we'll see we'll, if they like hockey if they like hockey we'll go down that road so <laughs> but no it's it's been you know we've had a lot going on the last month or so but it's great to be back with you two guys and uh yeah we got we got some i get some good stories some good youth hockey stories nice. but we ever you know do we ever but it was uh I think we should probably kick it off with the Bruins, baby. We definitely should. It's been a hot moment here for the Bruins. They're still just absolutely taking the NHL apart bit by bit, boys. And this has really been something special this season, especially considering during the offseason, we were saying this was possibly one of the most disastrous seasons about to happen. I wrote them off. And yet, I think we, we all did. I was, I was playing, picking the lottery out of the hat who was going to be my favorite team of the year. Right? I believe um, you, the one that said Bedard go first, right? Yeah. I, 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 I want to say last time we were here, I was calling for the Bruins to tank it. And, <laughs> you know, I mean, but... It, 
if anybody's been watching the World Juniors, uh, oh, Connor Bedard is uh, pretty damn good at hockey. Yeah. yeah. He's pretty good at that thing. Yeah. He's pretty good at it. Yeah. He, uh, he broke Jordan Eberle's goal record. Yeah. I think he broke all the records in this tournament. He's like, I want to say he's like maybe like two or three away from beating Eric Lindros's yeah. all-time point record. It's unreal. And actually, actually, Lindros put out a tweet the other day saying, don't just break the record. Go ahead and smash it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, somebody asked uh, Connor McDavid what he was going to give him for advice, and I think his comment back was, what advice does he need from me? Looks like he's doing a fantastic job out there. Yeah, like, he literally is a generational talent. I mean, he is at the same level as Crosby, McDavid, Dreisaitl, all these top-end players. He's only 17 years old, and he's already beating their records. Unreal. I think he's passed yeah. like four or five of Wayne Gretzky records from junior hockey. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's absolutely for the Pats this year. Even last year, I mean, we got the exemption and came into the mm -hmm. league, and I think everyone was really curious just because, you know, he's not a big kid, and I think he's put all the haters to, you know, to sleep. But he definitely had a great season last year. This year, it's just, I mean, any scoring, you know, it, it just it looks like the game's so easy for him in some of these games. Mm -hmm. I mean, any scoring just highlight real goals. Exactly. And um, and then you watch him in the World Juniors, and he's you know obviously he this is you know he wants this bad. Yeah, it's his you, zone. The way he's playing, um, you know, and the thing that impresses me the most, and I actually posted a little video today, which I thought was funny because. You know, like Crosby, and you watch him play, and there's nothing that you know, just a phenomenal player. But I think all, I think he's just a well-rounded guy, and he thinks the game at a high level. And then you get somebody like Connor McDavid, the next generation, and he's just like a, you know, his speed and the way he skates. This kid, he's, you know, I wouldn't say he's the prettiest skater. I don't think he does, you know. And again, he's a small guy. I've never. It's been a long time. I mean, I can't remember a guy that you know can shoot a puck like that kid. His his shot his release is a lot of people compare his shot to Austin Matthews. His release the 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 velocity of his shot. Yeah, and I think one of the things that separates him is you know you look at Crosby. Yes, he was a very skilled player, smart player. McDavid just was an F fourteen jet every time he touched the puck. Every time. But then you look at Bedard, and he literally is Crosby, McDavid in one. But he also plays that little chip on his shoulder yeah. too, yeah. which I love. Yeah. Which I, I think that was, I mean, you know, I think as he's starting to get into the limelight a little bit, that kind of confidence and that swagger. He's a handsome fellow, too. He's a good-looking kid. He's a handsome fellow. The kid. flow is strong with yeah. this one. What did you uh, see when he got the, the game, the uh, last game to, that the, he won the overtime to go to the gold medal game? On the back you mean? Yeah. He took his like, player of the game award. Yeah. He's got his hat on off. He's making his hair off. Oh, yeah. Ready. And I was <laughs> like, yeah. he's, as a good hockey player. He, he's definitely, I mean, whoever gets him in the draft, it, it's going to be. Well, apparently Bettman kind of let it out of the bag a little bit that he's most likely going to end up with Arizona. Ugh. How is that even Connor Bedard playing at Mullet Arena. The fact that Bettman <laughs> would even outwardly say something like yeah. that, in well, basically it, saying that, hey, the, the draft is going to happen this way. Trust me on There's this been one. A few it's going to go. That, you know, That's unreal. Paul Bissonnette from Spittin' Chicklets has been saying mm -hmm. for, God, probably a year now that Arizona's going to get him, Arizona's going to get him. And then there's been a few articles leaked that Gary Bettman has not confirmed nor denied that Bedard is going to end up being taken by Arizona. The top four teams are going to be Arizona, Anaheim. Uh, Montreal is definitely in the mix. They are Montreal, damn. I think, is one of them. Next Do to the Titanic Montreal. Again. Canadian-born kid playing on. Oh my God! Yeah, with St. Louis as coach, he'll be teaching St. Louis stuff. I mean, I, yeah. 
I mean, I, I would think if he got drafted by Arizona, I mean, do you think that we would see like another Eric Lindros type situation? Absolutely. You guys remember that when he held out? Yeah. So it, like Peyton Manning. I mean, I, I would. Peyton, I, I would. I, I mean, you know, a, a kid that special coming, you know, that's he's obviously going to be the first round pick overall. I, I mean, and, and then your, your first year pro, you're playing in a college arena, and you're on a crappy team. Like I yeah, but he's he could take that team to a playoff he, team right away. At very least, they've made it a strong place to play. They haven't lost too many games there. The no, I mean haven't. I, I mean they definitely have had some good fights out play, of there. Plays <laughs> in the stands. I'm talking. <laughs> Hence the Boston fans. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, the players around the league say that it's a fun arena to play. In. Yeah, it doesn't feel like a college arena. No, they say it's just it's the atmosphere is great. Great fights on and off the ice. Yeah, I think know. they would have to definitely do some. Changes at that place, yeah. though, if they're gonna, you know, have to stay there, you know, who knows how long. But I don't know. I just I mean, it is a pretty sick setup, though. They actually, I was watching the behind the B, and that was when Boston was out there, and they, you know, following the players, and they got like were touring the whole inside of the arena, like yeah. where the um, the Sun Devils locker room, the training facility, all that stuff. It's a beautiful facility. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, it was a hundred million dollars. I would hope so. It better yeah, be. Yeah. Twenty of that came from. Arizona. Yeah. Because they had to put $20 million in towards their own locker room area. Yep. We'll definitely see if the uh, new uh, place they're looking at in Tempe goes through or not. I, I believe think it will. that yeah. uh, is mostly done already. So if that's the case, you know, they might have one of the bigger barns in the league at the yeah. end of yeah. this. So we'll see yeah. what happens. I will say this, guys, to getting back to Boston. There's been so much winning, it's hard to even find <laughs> something to complain about. This team is just. Really good at hockey right now. I mean, Linus Allmark is number one in the NHL right he's now. He's got to be the front runner categories. for categories. He you has know, to be. Yeah. He's got to be. I mean, the turnaround. But remember, we even said this before he became a Bruin. The guy was playing in Buffalo while the tire fire of Jack Eichel was happening. <laughs> How do you? I mean, the yeah, team was just garbage at yeah, that point. They also just lost to Buffalo. Yeah, well, yeah, they well, lost yeah. well, that's because well, it's a different team. They're not a tire that. fire anymore. They, they didn't lose to Buffalo. They lost to Tage Thompson. Thank you. Yeah. Say that right. Correct. Who He's is, got who three hat tricks on the year, 30 goals sure. already. Yeah. The kid is unreal. Yeah. And everyone was saying that the contract that he signed in the offseason wasn't worth it. I'd say he's worth it now. It's pretty yeah. worth it to me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He's, uh, I actually like Buffalo. And I, you know, I have a little special place in my heart. They tanked in Cup of Dark. They don't need them. Hey, they don't my, need them. I, I'm Don Granado, and I say this all the time. I played for Donnie in junior hockey, and he was, I think, probably, geez, 28, 29 years old kid mm -hmm. coaching a bunch of crazy maniacs in junior hockey. <laughs> um, but Donnie's, you know, and I followed Donnie through his career, and he's just such a great guy. And he's, I, I when they named him the interim coach last year, and I, I just, you know, I knew guys would respond to him. He just has such a great demeanor, kind of like you know Montgomery coming mm -hmm. in this year with the Bruins. I think that just, you know, I think the guys are responding to that, especially in Buffalo. And then you've got some guys kind of starting to, you know, really turn into superstars there. So, you know, I mean, from where Buffalo was previously when Eichel was there, and you know, don't get me wrong, that kid's a superstar. But you know, I kind of like what they're doing there right I, now. I agree. Um, and the Bruins, it's you know. I think we talked about this way back in the beginning when we thought it was going to just be an absolute nightmare, and I think Montgomery was going to be that kind of that piece and see how, you know how the guys were going to respond to him and how he was going to run the ship there. Um, and then you know we thought the leadership group was going to be the biggest part, right? 
Like, and it just looks like that team right now. I mean, they're just such a close knit group. You know, watching them in the Winter Classic game and like the after the after game celebrations and just Unreal. like they're just they're just loving it, man. They're just having so a you lot. You guys of... got to watch them. I got to see them. Yeah, we know. <laughs> we know. Lance was on. Rub hand. it in our face. Thanks. The Winter Classic. It was a beautiful. Thing. I mean, I was only seven rows from the field. And yeah. But then a high five from yeah. them coming out of the dugout. Yeah. But that's you know. It's funny how you and Merrill got tickets and we. Yeah, seemingly yeah, didn't get invited. Listen, no, I, I, I can't help source. that my, my middle guy, Max's <laughs> godfather, loves me. And he offered me a ticket. What am I going to say? No. Right. I mean, you can't not you say know. Uh, you got to do it. I mean, I, a once in a if you want, I can really talk about like, the VIP treatment at the House of Blues with food and drinks and everything, too. That was included in the ticket. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can uh, talk about that. House of Blues is a good spot for music. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> it was a, it was a, that, that game was, it was, you know, I, I remember when they first started the Winter Classic and, um, you know, the, those first couple of years were really cool. Like, yeah. you know, just cause it was new for, for the, for the league and it was new for fans and the experience. And I don't know, it's just something this year was like really just, you know, I thought the jerseys were, the jerseys were unreal for both teams were lights out. Yes. They so, really grew on me. I mean, I, we were all a little skeptical yeah. of the, but the, I gotta the tell you, seeing them we call it, yeah. in person, like on the racks and what, yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. They fit Fenway Park perfectly. Yes. The yes. gloves, like kind of that vintage feel. Remember, we were saying, what's up with that color? What's well, up with that off brand? Did you yeah. see what Marshawn did? glove brown. Yeah. That's did you see what, what Marshawn did? Which one? So Marshawn couldn't get used to the ones that they ordered for him. Uh-huh. So he took his black warrior that he wears and he tried to spray paint him. If you look at pictures, you can see the tape <laughs> over where it says warrior. No way. Yeah. Yeah, look it up on, on your phone, buddy. <laughs> that's funny. I'm telling you, it's. That's we're going to see this. Hold on. I'm being serious. I, do, I just like the I liked it when they showed up on the team bus and they all had on the Red Sox uniforms. So, no and... lie, right? Again, not to brag that I was there, uh, but yeah. so we parked our we parked the car. We walk in. We're walking literally down the street to the House of Blues. Can confirm. And there are the two buses, and we didn't know what it was at first. As we walked into the House of Blues, the sock the the socks. The Bruin players started coming right off the bus. Yeah. To be fair, I was like, "You've really got to be forced. kidding me!" That's awesome. I'm like, I literally that? was here from the camera away from them. Oh. Wow. You know. Wow. By the way, uh, you did snap a photo of Brad Marchand going back to the bench, and I don't know if there's any way for the camera to actually zoom in on this a little bit, but indeed, you can see the Warrior glove right there, and that is absolutely spray paint. Yeah. And that that's, is and that's, I'm not gonna lie. I can, they look see if sick. I can zoom in on it. And that's absolutely. Video. They look like a little worn out. Like they look. Awesome. That's a Brad Marchand move. Oh, absolutely. All day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'll just spray paint my gloves. No big deal. I got to say, one of the coolest things was the, um, you know, they had obviously the rink, but then behind it, they have like the, the little outdoor rink that they put yep. there for like the kids and stuff, yep. where they did the ceremony of puck drop with Bobby Orr, Zidane Chara, oh, cool. Wakefield, and Veritech. Yep. Which but was awesome. it was more of like a baseball diamond shaped piece, piece of ice. That's cool. And they had Bobby Orr on like the mound. And he shot the puck into Veritek's glove. Yeah. Really? Where he was at like home plate. Yeah. It That's was cool. so cool. I got to tell you, as I was watching that, I had a horrible thought. I said, wait, 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 wait. Are we really having one of the greatest defensemen to ever wield a hockey stick on this planet's history <laughs> snap off a wrister at Jason Veritek, who's did. not wearing any gear whatsoever other than a glove? He, Are he we really it. doing this? They, they did it. And it went. And it happened. And you're not going to lie. It wasn't and a laser. It, it was, you know. It was a grounder, no it, doubt. It was but a, that was a smart move. Not to take a sh- not to take a shot at Tech, because one of my favorite catchers, all time, Red Sox history, the captain forever. He's got a little padding there. 
Yeah. <laughs> he's put on Don't a, we all? He's put on a few albums. Don't we all? Since his uh, playing days. Don't we all? So. I bet he can still whoop A-Rod, though, so I don't care. But, I mean, just... True. And, Benny, I called in that day to just... You did on WMEX. The environment, the people, it was just so electric. Yeah. You know, it, it was an unbelievable atmosphere. Everyone was having a great time. My only issue is I got to say that the merchandise was not top-notch this year. Really? How yeah. so? Let's discuss this. Not... Like the the sweatshirts, not the best. Yeah, look, not the best quality. I felt like quality problem. baseball hat. I was like, yeah, no, it's not like something I would actually like want to wear out. Where, you know, really? well, something like my grandfather would wear. Yeah, they so uh, way went too hard on the fifties. You think? Yes, yeah, but I mean, the winter hats were nice. Like I got winter hats for myself, the boys, my wife. Um, game pucks, which were pretty cool. That's cool. But like you know, they had the game jerseys, right? And I'm like, listen. What am I going to do this again? I got to buy myself a jersey. Nice. They only sold jerseys, no names on them. What? No really? names on the jerseys, just the the on the front and then nothing on the back. Were they charging name prices? One hundred sixty-eight bucks. Well, I can I can I feel tell. Like it. A but now, like now you can go online now and order one for like one hundred forty-seven bucks yeah. with the name and number on the back. I was going to say I ordered my two guys. Uh, I got one a retro jersey, and then I got the other one a winter classic. The Pubia retro. Yep. Nice. Nice. Yep. Uh, got, I and I got them from the Boston Bruins Pro Shop. Yeah. And they were not cheap. No, they're not. And I got, you know, I thought that, I thought that actually the Winter Classic jersey mm-hmm. was nicer than the Pooh Bear jersey. Even the number, like the material of the lettering and the numbers on the jersey itself, yeah, were just gave it that fifties yeah. feel. Yeah, it was like, cool. It was unreal. Yeah. But I got to tell you, I got four winter hats. Yeah, no. Four, yeah, four winter hats and three pucks. 150 bucks. $165. Not too <laughs> shabby. Winter hats and I three pucks. I was close. Now, Crazy. I got to say, I... That my, same money wouldn't even got your tickets for the family in the Fenway for exactly. a Red Sox game. For my boys, my oldest boy, I didn't get my youngest guy one because he's only four and a half months, but for my oldest, Jack and Max, I've already got my money's worth because they literally have worn the thing to bed and yeah. to school every day since <laughs> they've got it. Perfect. Yeah. So. We, I, I got... Uh, I added a little... Well, sprinkled in a nice little extra hockey jersey this Christmas for my my older boy because he lo- he loves Connor McDavid. Who doesn't? Don't blame him. Can't say I blame him. The en- I had to go to the end of the earth <laughs> to find a Connor McDavid retro jersey. It was the most insane thing I've ever experienced. And after probably two weeks of searching, I finally found this like. I guess it would be comparable to like a Coles or something down here up in Canada. And it cost me like another, you know, 50 bucks to, to get it, get to get shipped it shipped here. Yeah. And it it was pretty nice though. And my son was very excited. And that's he's, all that he's, he's, and he's worn it to school pretty much every day since, <laughs> since yeah. Christmas. So that's all that matters. Yeah. But, but brilliant. Speaking of the winter classic, we got to bring up who I was his biggest critic for how long? Oh boy, oh boy. We gotta talk Jake, about Jade, Jake DeBrosk being the, the sole hero Jake, of the Winter Classic. The snake DeBrosk. Jake the Snake DeBrosk. No way around it. Um two goals. Because I gotta say, you know, being there like the first period and a half where it was kind of boring. The ice didn't look great, but it is what it is. Then they just turned it on, but Jake DeBrosk just winning it for the bees was unbelievable. And then we find out the bad news. Yeah. He's out four to six weeks with a fractured fibula. 
Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they put him on the long the long term IR. Yeah, LTIR. Yeah. yeah. And Wags gets the call up. Wagner, my boy up. Wags, coming back up. You and know, I think he Jack and, is and I think he's in the, he's in the lineup he's tonight. He's in the lineup, right? Yeah. Ten thirty start tonight, by the way, for yeah, the I'll LA Kings. Yeah. Ten thirty start also San Jose tomorrow night. Yeah, no, oh we'll boy. Be there. Oh. I do like the I do like <laughs> when they do the the little West Coast swing though. Yeah. It's nice to kind of mix it up a little bit and see some different teams for a change. And but I'm excited to see Wags back in there. I, I mean, local boy. You got to think of it. Last yeah. year in the playoffs, when he finally got a shot, he was the best player on the ice. Yeah. Well, I don't think that now that, you know, he's finally got his call back up, I don't think he's going to squander it by any no. stretch of the imagination. I think he's probably going to play his ass off and, you know, and do whatever he can to stay up there um, would be, you know, because there are some guys on that bottom half of the lineup up front that, you know, it's been kind of a toss up. I mean, with you know, it will be interesting to see the big three back together, though, yeah, with the Brass guy of the lineup like this. It could be scary. And it's no, you know. The, I, the Winter Classic game, I, yeah, I agree. I, you know, the ice was, you know, just from watching it on TV, the ice was really tough. I thought the Penguins carried the, the gameplay for probably a good two periods. They did. And then that third period, they were even saying on the on the telecast that, you know, the Bruins, they just got to come and empty the tank here in the third and just, you know, chip pucks, keep it simple. They got, they're and, the best third-period team in the league. And they proved it. I mean, all of a sudden it just went from, like, you know, Pasta couldn't really get anything going, even Marshy, and then all of a sudden, man, they just – went to a, a different level and you know and just took that game over and and Allmark has just been he's, you know he's been lights unreal. out i gotta tell you though gotta love the mask selection too you know he went classic he did he, he did. did he went there he did he went the causeway path yep. you know what's speaking of that the uh one of the goalies of team canada the world junior see his get up yeah, yeah. he went old school eddie belfort yep. mask nasty gloves, blocker pads everything oh, yeah. unreal unreal that's a beauty but i mean for them, I think you know they, their best period all season has been the third period. Any game yeah. they've been down going to third, they come back and win or win in overtime. Yeah, you know it's um, it's definitely been an interesting season where you're almost kind of like, well, are these guys gonna lose? Yeah, like, like yeah. are they gonna lose at Fenway Park? Or yeah, something? like I'm you know you can't lose at Fenway. Park. Don't get me wrong, I'm all you know I'm all for you know keep winning. Like right. you know I think. I think out of everybody sitting here and Merrill, you know, not here, I, I think I've been the, you know. I love how you pointed up. He is, he is right here. <laughs> we miss you, Merrill. We miss, we miss you, buddy. Good, Merrill. Um, I, I would, I would say, you know, even you know, it's a long time kind of not Bruins fan, and I'm trying to work my way back into being a Bruins fan. You do so, fantastic. And I came strong, man. I, mean, I came he's strong. Rocking Bruins colors, so I, that's you know. I came strong, you know, end of the summer, going into training camp, and I was like, this team is probably gonna suck. The back end's gonna suck, and you know, and but they just keep finding. I mean, all. Um, um, not all Mark defensemen. Um, Forbert, McAvoy, nope. Lindholm. Lind Lindholm. Lindholm. Sorry, Lindholm's I'm having a little brain issue tonight. Um, <laughs> Lindholm. Lindholm. This year, I mean, man, talk about you know, uh, I'm. I grew up playing D most of my career, and then I was made into a forward. But I always have a special heart for defensemen, and I just I feel like they're the backbone of teams. And you know, oh, you yeah, talk about they are. yeah, you talk about some of the greats, and you know, Ray Bork, and you know, more recent like um, Hedman and in, in Tampa, and like the runs that those guys have gone on, and like he is just such you know he's logging big minutes, and he's a big guy, and he's taking up you know 
time and space and he's putting up points and being productive and you know that's Lindholm right now like he's arguably one of the best defensemen man he's just like playing possessed this season it's just so fun to watch and him absolutely no ill effects from that hit he took in the playoffs last zero year. I mean goodness yeah I mean he, he's playing he's that maybe he's still on planet Mars and doesn't know he's playing this well maybe um, I hope it's not a Paul Correa situation where he's doing all this and has no idea that he's, he's even there for it for the Norris Right now, but dating back to you know last time the Bruins won the cup, right? And you talk about their decor there with Chara, and you had you know joint, Seidenberg, you had Seidenberg, McQuaid, McQuaid uh, Boychuk, yeah. like they were. You had size, you had puck moving guys. You know nothing. You know they kept it simple. They played heavy. We haven't had that a decor like that in such a long time, and that was always kind of my thing with the Bruins. It's you know yeah you get. Yeah, okay, Grizzlick is, you know, can skate, but he's tiny, and McAvoy is, you know, yeah, he's a right. playmaker. He's a, you know, he's a, kind of that new age defenseman, right? That's that's the guy we need, though, Lindholm. I, I just, the, that heavy thing. presence back there. Obviously, you know, the way they're playing now, they got to be a front runner for the cup. I personally think that they need to, at, by, by the trade deadline, they need to go get in the top four defenseman. Yeah, no they, doubt. They need... Obviously, you got McAvoy, you got Carlo. Carlo could take one hit and he's done for the rest right, of the year. That's the problem. You have a big hole out there. You know, Forbert, I think, who I, you know, I've been a critic of too, and I'm still challenging him to that race. Still challenging him, guys. Someday. We could do this. We could still pull this off. I think we should. We could set it up. Clifton has been playing great. Yep. Um, even Zaboro when he's in the lineup. But I think they need to go out and get not you know a veteran, but a guy who's in his prime yeah. who can log 20. To 20, 22 to 28 minutes a game and really solidify that decor because one, you got all the forge you need. Yeah. You got four and a half of the defensemen you need. And you got two goalies that are gonna get you there. That that's yep. you just gotta go get. You see all these articles and these, you know, oh Bruins are in talks with the Canucks to get, you know, Bo Horvat or yeah. Bruins are in the talks with no Chicago. Get, I don't think we need we don't need forwards. No. We don't. Why are you gonna ruin something that's already going great? You need to go out and get that other top four defenseman that you need. Yeah, yeah. Hor- Horvat doesn't really make sense, but you know, obviously Kane. I would. I, I would. Mean, I'd make I, an exception. But and and so the <laughs> right. the chatter as of you know the last couple of days, especially with DeBrus getting hurt and some of that free cap space, and you know, it's like, hey, you know, why not try to go take a stab at getting Patrick Kane here? And I think you know, and now I'm kind of leaning more towards you know, do we don't. You don't need I'd him. Love to have him here, but I think that would be, you know, he'd be. Who'd, who would ride the pine as a result? You know, well, I who'd just, I yeah, because then you're, now you're talking about you're you know Taylor Hall, you know, yeah, like, who are you going to slide down onto that third unit? That's they're going to be like, like see you later. Yeah, it, it, they're going to they're going to probably check out, right? Yeah, and I, I just I think I don't know if he would fit in with the leadership group. That's. They've just got such a good thing going in the locker room there, mm-hmm. you know, regardless of talent and all that stuff. I think that's a group that they're just, you know, they're all, you know, firing on all cylinders. It it makes zero sense. I agree, Clance. I I think the best move is to go out and get that, you know, that fourth defenseman that yep. could really kind of get them over the hump. I did see an article, let's say Thursday, on like Monday or Tuesday that they've been – Bruins have been in contact with Philly about Justin Braun. Wow. That might work. He's an all-star defenseman. Yep. He's a young kid. Because I look at it as, like, with how good they are, I wouldn't want to get just a rental player. I'd want to get someone that can 
like a Lindholm when we got him at the trade deadline, and then we locked him up right away. He's young. He's still in his prime. Justin Braun, I think, is kind of – he's a little bit older, but I still think he has a lot left in the tank. Then going out and getting a, you know, bolt, a Sedano Chara again who's only good for one year, like, yeah. you know – that, that's just my thoughts. Still say they shouldn't have uh, let him go. They should have kept him that last year. He wouldn't have gone to Washington. Yeah. I got to tell you, out. even from 100 yards away in the stands, he's he is big. absolutely massive. Yeah, he's a big human. <laughs> he's massive. Not, and he's not even on skates out there. No, <laughs> he's just <laughs> massive. The a gentle of, giant. A lot of the, it's weird, like, watching the games now, and I'm like, you know, some of the guys, look they look so small out there. Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. I'm so I grew up in the you know, and then obviously like the, the '90s, and and just everyone just Windrose seemed like huge giants, and they're all you know Hatcher, running. Each, and then you watch the games now, and you're like, you know, everyone's so small. And then they say like you know, Lindholm's whatever six two or six three, and I'm like, they don't he, look at them. He looks like he's like six six out I there. I tell you, who's massive else. in person on the ice is Evgeny Malkin. Oh, he's a really? He is a monster. Yeah, he's a big kid. He is an absolute monster. And, yeah. uh, the other kid from um, played at BC, Dumoulin. Yes. He's another kid I didn't realize was that big. Yeah, yeah. It's we, it's a weird. Uh, yeah, it's the the players now. It's it's a such a weird like disparity between like, you know, like you got just these little peanuts out there. Like, well, think like Bedard's what, like 5'9"? Yeah, he's not a big... He's he's not not a big and then you look at, I don't even think he's that tall. You look at the kid from uh, USA, he was drafted for... Luke Hughes. Yes. He was drafted fourth overall last year uh, by New Jersey. He's 6'4", 215 pounds. I think, yeah, he's definitely the biggest Hughes brother, yeah, I believe. Yeah, well, yeah, Quinn, I think, is... 5'10", plays maybe. Amazon. He's like my height. I would say 5'9". Yeah. There you go. may say otherwise. Yeah. Um, and then... Jack Hughes, who's like five seven. Yeah, he's not big. And then you got Luke, who's six four. Like I said, yeah, two fifteen. So sophomore at Michigan, I think he's done after this year. Yeah, he had a great World Juniors. They end up being one of the top scoring defense. He had like four or five goals. Time to go play some five or six uh, assists. I mean, yeah, I, I see him leaving, turning pro, playing with his brother Jack. Yeah, you know, yeah. hard to say no to that. By the way, I just do, do want to just say to our <laughs> listeners, thank you very much for joining us here on the Abington Cam Network, as well as the WMEX Sports Podcast Network and so many other places that you can get this show, but abingtoncam.tv, one of the better places to go for all things local here in Abington and around the South Shore, because let's be honest, these Abington teams are playing everyone. And uh, Coach Woodford over with the uh, the Green Wave boys hockey yep. team doing a fantastic job still. Always like to give Coach a shout-out. Uh, Green Wave doing pretty well this season yeah, so yeah. far. Oh, actually, he's, he's, got quite nicely. he's got a um, kid in net, last name Merrick. I actually know his older brother. who's engaged to my wife's cousin now. Um, hmm. Solid, solid goalie. So watching him for a few seasons. Captain. He's, uh, you know, facing probably 25-plus shots a game and... He he's legit. He's he's a good good player, good kid. Uh, obviously, you know, known Brian Woodford since I was in kindergarten. I wish him nothing but the best of luck with his team. He's done great things over there, not only for the high school, but even for like the youth programs. Right. No, you know, absolutely. He's a big pusher for. I think he started the um, Abington Street Hockey League for the you know youth kids and everything like that. He's just doing awesome things for that that school and that town. That's right, Spencer Merrick. There it is. Spencer. That's his first name. Spencer. Thank you to our executive producer Kevin Tachi leading the way back there. He's got all the stats. <laughs> his brother, his us. older brother Brendan is engaged to my wife's cousin. Huh. There you go. All right. Small town connection. I love it. 
But that's the kind of stuff you get here on Causeway Kings. We're talking local hockey. We're talking local sports. But really, we do focus on the hockey here, we guys. Do. And to be entirely honest, why not? Greatest game on earth, as you can tell. We do yeah. go off the rails Constantly. probably about 40 to 55% of the time. Routinely, yes. we're off the rails. I've been off the rails my whole life. Well, I mean, that's why we like it. That's why we signed you to the show as soon as we said, we got to have a, a, a Bruins talkie talk show. What's the first step? Sign Coach Clancy. That's the first step. I am Paul Bissonnette of Causeway Kings. <laughs> what happened after Don't that? Don't deny that. We added Merrill. Merrill came into the mix, and he's been with us for quite some time as well. And then that led to... Gordo, this joining guy. the way as well. This, and this I don't know who I am. Oh, man, what a what a mix, I tell you. Yeah. There's no to do with I these know. hands. Yeah. These I hands. Don't know. I, don't know who, I don't know who I compare to on spit, spit and Chicklets, but... That's okay. There's no comparison. There's no. only one you. No, only screw those guys. <laughs> yeah, I was right. Close the same yeah. age. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff, good stuff. Well, we've been talking Bruins. We talked a little bit about the Winter Classic. We definitely have some uh, West Coast late-night games coming up. Boys, is there anything else that has really stood out to you this season? Uh, one of the most uh, uh, memorable moments for me recently is watching, I think it was actually in the Buffalo game. It might have even been in a uh, game or two ago. I can't remember exactly. But something had happened where really Bruins were really up against it with themselves. Play wasn't good. And somebody took a big hit in the corner. And within 30 seconds, McAvoy had someone laid out center ice. And not from a fight, but from a clean, open ice hit, he really knows how to throw the body around. And I think, Gordy, you were alluding to that a little earlier. That's the brand of hockey we like to see. Big, bad Bruins hockey, not afraid to throw the body around and really get involved physically in the game. Well, I think you guys both know, we've talked about this before, it, it's the regular season now, it's just... It's regular season. It's just regular season, man. It's like you can't uh, breathe without getting a penalty call on you. <laughs> that and just you know, the one thing I don't like. I think we might have mentioned it last time. Just like you know, every time somebody throws a big hit now, there's a fight, and it's just like I, I don't, I, I don't that. understand that. But whatever, that's kind of like a, at least that's still part of the game, which you know I think but I think kind of still needs so to is be the in body there. checking. Right. You don't need to fight every time there's a body yeah. Check. The like, emotional response from the younger kids in the game nowadays is to just throw down and drop the gloves. And yeah. there used to be a bit more etiquette in between that. Like you said, not every yeah. clean hit deserves a fight. It was a clean hit, it's a yeah. clean hit. Well, you if, know? You, if you date back, like, you know... To wait, us dinosaurs. If you date back to, like, you know, the ore days and, like, you know, the 70s, I mean, a lot of those guys weren't big guys. No? You know, Bobby Orr's not a big guy. I mean, you could go through their lineup back then. I mean, like, Esposito was kind of on the bigger side, Ken Hodge, players like that. Busick, yeah. You know, but most of those guys were just, you know, regular-sized guys, and they could all fight, and they yeah. were all tough. So it kind of, you know, is starting to kind of line up like that a little bit where everyone's just like, you know, there's I, I, I don't miss the enforcer stuff. Um, that stuff I don't. You know, Reeves is still around, but I, you know... But he only fights when he has to. Right. Correct. But he's evolved and learned where his place is in the game now because yes. he can't. Just he's adapted go out his game. there. He's changed his game. That's yeah. right. But That's I just think correct. it's absolutely ridiculous if there's a clean, whether it's open ice hit or hit on the boards, that a fight has to happen. Like there's no need for it. Yeah, agreed. You know, I was watching videos online the other day, and it was back in probably like the late '90s, early 2000s, and there was a game going on, and somebody hit like the star player from the other team, and they were chirping each other and going back. And the guy said, he goes, I'm not allowed to hit the star player. It's hockey. That's what hockey's about. You play the body. 
Yeah. Yep. I don't care like, who you are or what your number is. You know, is. like McDavid, they, they, they don't care. Like, other than Matthews, he's a little soft sometimes. Yeah, I haven't but, uh, seen Matthews stand up for himself quite yet, yeah. but I've certainly seen him worm his way out of a few. But it's just, it needs to stop. Well, I do want to say, I mean, and you got, you know, I, I know you're on Twitter. Whenever there's like a big hit now, and then you get on social media platforms, it's, and and they start talking about, you know, that's a, you know, obviously there's the old school guys like that's a beautiful hit, that's a clean hit, and then you have the new age where that's like that's a head contact, head contact, head contact. Listen, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna clarify this for everybody, okay? Listen up now. If a bigger guy goes in for a hit on a smaller guy, he's going to hit him in the head. Mm -hmm. There's no way around that. Even if you hit me in the shoulder and my head whips, it's still going to hit you. It's, that's not head to, that's not contact of the head. And that's what my point is is if it just if you he, people that complain about it like yeah, are there dirty hits? Yes, don't get me wrong. All day. Mm -hmm. But a lot of these hits that I'm seeing they're clean. It's just a. That's a matter of you know. It's a. It's a size thing. It's yeah. not a. It's not a cheap thing. You know, when if you're going in with your shoulder and the guy only comes up to your shoulder, there's nothing you can do. It, about it's it. you're you're gonna it's you're gonna hit his head. It's not that's not head contact in in my opinion, and people just need to shut the hell up about it. Right. And just you know that's and I guarantee that's the you, game. At least seventy-five percent of the people that complain about it never played hockey in their life. Yeah, well, that's yes. with everything. Mm -hmm. Forget sports or hockey in general, but just everything. Everyone has an opinion nowadays, but right. that's the one thing that drives me absolutely crazy. I mean, when you watch highlight clips and they show, you know, some big hit in the game and someone gets laid out, and you know, then there's a fight, and you know, it's like, well, that was head contact. That was head no, it was not head contact. No. That's a six foot four guy hitting, hitting a five, five foot, foot ten. Yeah. yeah, like that is hockey. That's what's going to happen when there's body contact. If you don't yep. want that, I mean, the way the game's trending, and then watching the World Junior stuff and some of the penalty calls and all that stuff there. Awful. I mean, I it's I think someone mentioned it. Uh, maybe like one of the missing curfew boys there. Um, was saying like probably within five years. I mean, if that's getting so bad, like you might as well just take a checking out. Yeah. Of it. Like, and yeah, you can't. I mean, that's know. not even hockey at that point. Then you well, can't do that. Let me, like, let me get your opinion. So obviously, the kid Connors from Team USA yep. had that big hit against was it um, Sweden or Finland? They were playing, uh, I, guess. I think Finland. And the kid was probably about you know two or three feet off the boards. He released the puck. Connors came in. He. I personally think it's a clean hit. Yeah. He finished his check. The kid from Sweden or whatever country he was from was watched, admiring his pass. Yeah. Connors did his job. He got rocked. And he, he got, got absolutely hard. bundled. Yes. To me, clean hit. Didn't hit him from behind. Didn't hit his head. Nothing like that. Body on body on the side. I don't think that warrants a game misconduct. Kicked out of the game. No. It's a joke. Like you said, the guy was admiring his own pass. Yeah. Like, you can't do that. Get rid of the puck and start looking at it. I mean, again. back when we played, I think there was like a, a rule where you had three seconds after they released the puck to make body contact. Yeah, I mean, I think that's like a general, you know, I think especially now with the way that they call the game, right? Like if once the guy releases the puck, you know, there's probably a, a, a count that the ref's, yeah. you know, looking at. And it's, you know, it, it, listen, when you're getting into the heat of the game and you're a player 
and that happens, and like, stuff's going on, and you're just like, you know, who knows? Could have been having a bad shift. And here's the thing: these kids that have played in this tournament are either coming up to the draft to be drafted, yep. or have been drafted, and their scouts are there watching, their coaches are there watching, their college is there. They're not playing for money; they're playing for to get to that next level and to win gold. Yeah. Like you don't take it easy. Again, it was not a malicious hit in my eyes. You know. Yeah. Um, I, but I don't think it warranted. A getting you know ten minutes misconduct and then kicked out of the game. No, yeah, definitely a bad call from the officiating yeah. there. But you almost wonder: are they even playing out of the same rule book that we think they are? No, you there's know? different rules between USA Hockey and the. No, obviously I'm, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying like even the USA Hockey rules, like it's pretty well spelled out, pretty black and white. It's not too much interpretation. You yeah, know? the international rules are a little like the that oversee the Olympics and all the world stuff mm-hmm. and it's you know it's a little you know even the two goals like US scored yesterday oh, the God, ones that got, and people were going nuts about it I mean yeah the kid was in the crease originally but then he spun out and it's a loose puck there and he's going for it I mean he spun out with it on his stick yeah so <laughs> that was that was atrocious to me I think the second one was just as atrocious you know but it, it, it takes out and you know but listen, even in the Winter Classic game, right? Um, that play where uh, I think it was Marshy and Pasta were going in on two on one, mm-hmm. and and Marshy dragged the leg, and the the ref calls it offsides. Yeah, right. That's two of the best players in the game going in on two on one. Percentage pretty high that something good might happen there. Yeah, yeah. And the guy blows it dead, and you've got instant replay now, and it's like, why would you call that? Yeah. Like it's so close. Like his leg's like, still on the line. And like, I, you know, the the ref involvement and everything now is is just, yeah. You know, like and, even the second goal that got called back for USA. <laughs> like when we were taught hockey and we got into like the competitive nature of hockey, we were always told by every coach, I, every coach I've had, you go hundred miles an hour until you hear a whistle. That kid was battling for that puck. Yeah. Knocked it in. And granted, yes, it was under the goalie's pad, but there was no whistle. Yeah. Right. I don't understand, and I just think that that second goal callback was really took USA, took the wind out of their sail. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Because when they went up 2 nothing, I was like, oh, oh baby. Yeah. And then Canada, I'm like, this is a game and a half right yeah. now. Yep. First one, all right. And then they come back, and next, it's like, come on. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and then there's, and those refs have been criticized all over social media now. Well, I mean, you're talking, you know, I mean, it's when you get to the World Juniors, right? Yeah, there's been some exceptions where, you know, check, this team wins. But usually it's you're looking at a U.S.-Canada yep. semi or a final, right? And right. that's going to be an absolute war. And it's like, let the kids, like, let them play, man. You yeah. know? And they, to, to score such a crucial goal, goal, they're down, right? And then they, they tie that game up 3-3. That could go any way, mm-hmm. right? Now you take that goal back, and it just changed the whole dynamic. I mean, you know, I, I do think Canada outplayed them, but you know, again, it's hockey; anything can happen. Yeah. And when USA the, went up two nothing, Canada woke up. Yes, their legs were buzzing; they were flying; they were hitting. Yep. I mean, USA couldn't get out of their own zone really half yeah. the time, and I think a lot of Canada's goals happened because USA. They were leaving guys just wide open in front. Yeah. Wide open. Wide open. That's not a that's not a team that you leave wide open no. with free reigns for a puck. No, no. I wouldn't um, I wouldn't say it was USA's best team uh in recent years. No. You know, but I you know. Mm. Uh, I think it was just as talented as uh the two thousand twenty one team though, that won gold. True. 
Yeah. Right on up there. Yeah. I just I don't mean, think the goaltending was as strong, strong. Yeah. as it was the year they yeah. won. They had night, I believe, that yeah. year, right? Yeah. I, mean, I mean, come on. He was nights out. Yeah. Nights so. out. I like it. I, I, I like can tell it. you one player that did not have a good World Cup uh, showing was uh, our Boston Bruins guy, Fabian LaSalle. He's a bust. Zippo points. And, nada, e and he his team lost to Team USA for the Bronze Day, 8-7 in overtime. Really? Ugh. Can you so, do? What can you do? But let's get back on the referee talk real quick. Oh, let's boy. do that because we can't. had an incident locally here that we just can't leave alone. <laughs> you Lance, just can't. Please, would you guide us? Uh, it was either a U14 or a U16, U16 girls game. Yep. And this ref showed up completely trashed. trashed out of his mind. Unreal trashed. Like, not even like, like, folks, trust me when I say, if you haven't seen the video, unreal. Unbelievable. That this guy like, even got his skates on. <laughs> like, bending over to get the puck, kicking it and falling over. Like, these poor girls are literally standing at a face-off and are like... Is this happening? Like, what, what, what is going on right now? The other and, official like, come over, too. Tries to get up and he kept falling. Like, it was an... I'm like, what... Like... How is this happening? What time is this? What age group? It was U16 girls. Oh, boy. Somewhere yeah. here in New England, I'm pretty sure is where it came from, but just absolutely unbelievable. And, you know, <laughs> I mean, in the middle of one of the worst official shortages that the game has ever seen. I mean, I could see, okay, hey. I got it. Men's league game, 10 o'clock at night. You had Whatever. a few with the boys in the locker room before the game. Yeah. Whatever. Hey, you it know? happens. But, but this guy was buckled. Yeah. Not for that level of play, no. not for that, absolutely not. And I'm not saying that that should be, you know, the thing anyway, regardless of beer league or whatever, it's the name of the game, but literally, you, you, my head hurts trying to explain this to people. I mean, yeah, Gordo, have you ever seen anything like this before? <laughs> I don't know. Listen, I'm getting older, so it's like, you know, I try to have a lot of empathy for people, whether mm -hmm. they, you know, I mean... People people go through stuff every day, man, right. and you don't know. And you know, I mean, listen, I if it was a usual thing and this guy was showing up all the time and like this was like a constant thing and mm -hmm. the referee association wherever he's out of and they've had to talk to him before and be like, hey, you know, this you, is can't, <laughs> you can't you can't show up blitz to a, a youth game. You know, or it just could have been like, you know, hey, he was going through something and he, you know, not not defending it. And it's definitely not a thing, a good thing. And it's not a good look for no. just with everybody. Every, just well, with like it. Ben said, like with the referee shortage and the, the abuse these refs take verbally from parents and stuff. That doesn't give you guys a good look. No. no well, know. that or, but you can look at it on the flip side, too, and be like, you know. Might be this, that guy's this, this like, this is the, the only way I can deal with the, these parents is I, to show up to the game what I, That's what yeah. I was going to say. He's probably like, I'm so sick of this crap. Like, you know, but it's probably supplemental income for the guy. Mm -hmm. And he's just like, I'm going to have a few before I go to the game. And he probably had a few <laughs> too many. I don't know if it was like a, and, a few uh, beers, a few cases. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, you know, it's sad, right? And it's, you know, I mean, I was... I had a interesting, you know, we've been on vacation from each other, but I had an interesting uh, last couple of weeks and, you know, dealing with, you know, a parent, mm -hmm. a coach on my team. And I, w I don't want to go into too many details, but, you know, Something it just happened and a thing had to be it, done. Well, I had to I had to work. Kids were playing in a in a Christmas tournament. Mm -hmm. 
and you know, it was during the day because all the kids were on vacation, and so I relied heavily on my coaches to, you know, hey, we've been doing it the same way since the beginning of the season. This, they, you know, they know the routine, they know how we easy, do easy it. Guys. And the one parent that I, you know, asked to help volunteer on the door for the season took it into his own hands and decided, you know. We're going championship or bust, and I'm going to start sitting seven, eight-year-old kids on the bench. And it uh, didn't go over well with parents. So I reached out to both of them for the next game and said, guys, listen, these kids are eight. It's yep. eight. It's a my, it's a my tournament. They're like, here to maybe not fall down like, on themselves. Like, what, Something have fun. like, what are we doing? And got told, you know, hey, we got a game plan. We know what we're doing, which I like, was, do you, know? you know, and I and it, I'm I'm in a tough position, right? Because I'm I'm at work. I can't like I can't go to the rink. Yep. I can't have my wife intervene. She's at the rink. So second game comes, same thing, playing the same couple kids, oh sitting kids, and then the the coach came up with this great idea that he thought it would be a good idea to sit my son for a whole period. So oh. I not that we play favoritism here, but that's oh boy, not a good idea so, in any light. So oh we uh, am I, you know, he, my older guy doesn't, you know, he, he's a late starter. I'm very proud of him. He's come a long way this season, and you know, we have a great group of parents and kids on our team, and and uh, you know, he doesn't get really emotional about much. You know, I'm tough on him, but mm -hmm. you know, he knows that. You know, I'm just trying to help them and, you know, but at the end of the day, and if this goes for all the kids on our team, like, we're not, this is development. This is not. Nobody's winning a Stanley Cup. We're not trying to win a Stanley Cup. No, no one's going to get a contract There's here. no scouts in the stands for seven, eight-year-old kids. So, um, you know, my son was, I talked to him on the phone and was crying and, you know, so, so yeah. I had to kind of take that out of the equation and kind of look at it from a, you know, I have to be kind of diplomatic with all of it. And, you know, so we made made the decision, talked to the management group, ownership group of the club program. And so we decided to remove him from the bench for the rest of the season. Just there was some other incidences happening. And, and, hey, and then after yeah. that, it was like World War Three. And it was just a gong show. As long so, as the Americans won, I think that's all that really matters. Yeah. So, and the and you know what the the sad part is, the kids won the tournament. Completely overshadowed. And you know, and and they, you know, they're kids. They don't they don't know half of the crap that's yeah. going on anyway. So it was just kind of you know, but you know, now we're the dad's gone. He was upset. Pulled his kid out of the program. And, you know, and I'm looking at practice today and last night we had practice as well. And, you know, and I'm just like, I'm sad because I did let his, his kid was a good little player. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's just, I just still like, you know, we're talking about refs, we're talking about parents, you know, every time you go on the internet, you see the ring shrinks, everyone's posting like these insane things. Yeah. Right. And, you know, and then when he got removed from the bench, matters got worse when he was up in the stands oh. and the yelling and the scream and the refs had to intervene. It was just, you know, and I, you know, and I, I tried my best during the season to just get him to just chill out. Hey, chill out. Like, and, and he didn't play and that's fine. That's fine. Like, I'm not asking these guys to come on the bench to Start doing X's and O's, right? Yeah. It's just like, you hey, open a door, open a door, and 
give the kids water if they need it and be supportive and, you know, cheer them on and, you know, because they already have to deal with me, right? But that's a problem. Because I'm the one that's going to be barking and I'm yeah, the one that's going to be tough on them. They don't, you're the coach they, that you're supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, they don't need the other coaches in there because then it just causes chaos. And now they're, like, listening to different people on the bench and they don't know which way they is They're confused. They already have enough going on just playing the game right mm -hmm. now. So All they want to do is go home and have Hot Pockets. It yeah, just, it's, it's, and then, you know, and then for, and then me, old me would be like, you know, F that guy and I'm done, you know, whatever. Yep. And I just, it's like, I have this empathy <laughs> for like, you know, and I just feel bad for like for, you know, this has been going on in hockey for such a long time. And, you know, I want, I thought about it quite a bit when I was at home, just thinking about, you know, the way that I coached in the past and, you know, I'm pretty, I can be brutal at times. And then, you know, thinking about like, you know, I, what, what is that kid? It doesn't matter how old, right? Mm -hmm. Could be a high school kid and thinking about how I'm impacting his life, not just from hockey, but yep. just everything, right? That's like right. he could be having a tough time at home and he could be an outcast at school and maybe his teammates don't really, you know, include them in everything, or who who knows, right? So you, you guys know it's right. you know the kind of the, the better players on a team, right? Everyone kind of gravitates to yeah, them, and little groups, little clicks. yeah, little clicks and groups and stuff like that. And like my son's going through that this year. Like he's a quiet, shy kid, and and you know, so it's you know we're we're trying to make this like a just fun like a, a fun experience, like that, and that's what it should, especially at this age. And there's so many parents that are just like. Sucking the fun right out of it. It's, dude, oh. it's, I, maybe because I was an independent coach for such a long time working with youth programs that I never, and I used to run benches on my own and I didn't really want parents on the bench for this reason. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm trying to be more open about it and I want to have like a fun experience and take a group up and get the dads involved and have fun. And, and this just went completely sideways on me. And it's just like, you know, it's just, I feel bad. Like I feel bad for his kid. I feel bad for our players because we just lost a good kid on our team. Right. So it's just, you know, I wish parents would kind of. Chill out a little. Well, just, yeah. You know, speaking of, about of the parents game. and, you know, dad slash coach on the bench, I, saw a couple of videos over from the weekend where there was a tournament up in Salem, New Hampshire. It was a team from Connecticut playing against a team from Mass. The team from Connecticut was not doing well in the tournament. They were losing. Now, this is a U10 team. These are kids. They're 10 years old, 8, 9, 10-year-old kids. Barely even preteens. Skating by the bench to go get the puck. Coach from the other team grabs them by the back of the jersey and throws them down on the ice. What? The coach reached from the bench grabbed him by the back of his jersey right here and, and threw him to the ice. An opposing team player. Coach from Connecticut, yep. What the? So that guy was, like, arrested, right? You can't assault well, I, the player. He was, like, like, kicked out of the game, out of the rink. I don't know yeah. if the parents who have, like, whose kid it was, like, charges or anything like that. But, again, like, 10-year-old kids, right? Like, that, that could traumatize you him for that a little kid. while. Yeah. Traumatize, you could have hurt that kid. And then there was another incident somewhere in Mass where... A mom was in the stands. I guess the mom was like a big-time college soccer player. Daughter was playing on an all-boys team. I think it was like a U8, a U9 team, whatever like that. And towards the end of the game, the daughter got bumped by accident on the ice, right? Well, I guess the mother came down in the stands, waited by the door for the kid who bumped his daughter, grabbed him by the mask and started screaming at him, threw him up against the boards, got in the car and peeled out of the pocket lot. What? 
Like, yeah. folks, I'd like to go ahead and stay for the record here right now. We've had enough of these shenanigans and these parents and, and just yikes. If you're going to have hockey for the kids, that's awesome. But it's not for you. It's for them. It's for the future of the game. That kind of stuff, Clance, boils my blood. Yeah. I can't even process the thought pattern that would get someone to that moment in yeah. time. I don't care how much money you spent. I don't care how number one guaranteed your kid is in the draft 15 years from now. I mean, we, we, something's got to give here. I don't know who or what organization is responsible or could even be responsible to help try to fix some of this stuff. But my God, they it's, can't have it. Like the one, they can't have it. The first one I was talking about where the coach grabbed the kid, like that's been on the news and everything. Yeah. Like it, it's getting bad. Yeah, your but, name deserves to be out there and slandered. And if you watch the video, kids on the team who the coach was the one that grabbed them like were like what are you doing like yelling at the coach like what are you doing what is wrong with you you know and this uh, kid is bawling his eyes out because some random guy just grabbed him by the back of his shirt and threw him on the ice the back of his head hit the ice yeah. there's no doubt about it, it, it. Was, thank it's god just for the like, helmet it's ridiculous uh, it really it's, is guys we're in our last couple of minutes here so i mean obviously we're all charged over we should have started with this jeez we could have gone on and on about I this know. we'd Rage. still be going on about it we're probably still going to be going on by the next episode i think, so we'd, I think we'd it, have folks. to do a mini series on that one there's yeah. probably going to be one coming <laughs> netflix get out of the way we're doing this ourselves all right so guys let's go around the horn here and uh predictions for the rest of right now because like we said, was it Linus Allmark now 21, 22, 1 and 1, something like yeah, that? It's insane. It's I mean, unbelievable. You only got, what, five or six losses on the year. Something like that. Um, unbelievable. But let's go around the home final thoughts. Clance, lead us off. We'll go to Gordo. No, it's. Wrap it up with me. It's been an absolute blast being back up here with you guys at, you know, Abington Cam. Uh, can't thank them enough. I'm excited for 2023 for one, the Causeway Kings crew. A um, couple new additions coming to the crew, rounding out that, you know, first and second round picks. Trying. Um, Forward line's going to be awesome. You know, and it's just, I'm looking <laughs> forward to another year. You know, 2022 is behind us. I had dealt with a lot of medical stuff that year, and I'm just looking to have a ha happy and healthy 2023. And, uh, you know, I've got a new, few resolutions that I want to, you know. <laughs> we all do. Resolute it. upon. Resolute upon, as you would say, yeah. But, no, <laughs> love being back with you boys, and uh, already looking forward to the next time we're back, uh, back together. Yeah. Thank you, Clance. Yeah, no, this is uh, much needed. I think 20, the end of 2022 was a rough sailing at the end there. So ready to kick off 23 with a bang and, you know, excited to, you know, got a couple little guys coming here in a few months, which is going to be fantastic and good to see you boys and hopefully get Merrill back in the mix here soon once he's off probation. But, uh, no, it's, I think, you know. I'll call his PO and see what we can do. Maybe get him on a work release program. <laughs> I, I think, I think, you know. Love you, buddy. I think. We love your whole family. I'm going to say this now, said it at the beginning of the season, win, lose, draw, whatever. Talk to me at the playoffs. I'm, I'm stoked the Bees are kicking ass right now, but come talk to me in the playoffs. We'll see how they, uh, they stack up when the, uh, when, the, when the big boy hockey starts. We're looking forward to it here at the Causeway Kings and all around New England here. The hockey world is abuzz. The black and gold reigning supreme. Let's keep it that way, shall we? On behalf of all of our partners here at the Abington Cam Network, the WMEX Sports Podcast Network, Clance, Gordo, thank you very much. Thank you to the entire crew of the Abington Cam Network here, executive producer Kevin Tachi. I wish we could spin the camera around and show everyone in their Causeway King jerseys. Well, except Kevin, he didn't rock his for some reason. We'll do a special Unac coming up on Unacceptable. That. 
Here it is. Thank you so much, folks. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to Causeway Kings right here on the Abington Cam Network and WMEX Sports Podcast Network. Boys, 2023. Let's, Let's go, go Beats. Beats.